Welcome to Exploring the Seasons of Life, a podcast for women with a big heart on a spiritual journey. I'm your host, Cindy McMillan, and I'm joined today by Jen Fiore. Today, we are chatting about a gluten-free lifestyle, healing, and mindset. Each week, I interview coaches and spiritual explorers from all walks of life about beginnings, endings, and the messy bits in between. Self-love, well-being, and mindset are at the heart of our conversations because once you change the inside, the outside will begin to change as well. Jen is an author and a wellness coach who specializes in mindset, gluten-free lifestyle, and the importance of our spiritual connection. She is a wife and mother of three adult children. Her books include a children's book, Heaven Sent, and All the Parts of Me, One Woman's Detour into Fear and Trip Back to Love. Her memoir chronicles her life of love and pain and her ultimate healing. All right, let's get into the show with a lovely Jen Fiore. Welcome, Jen, to the podcast. Hi, Miss Cindy. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm really excited about this. And I do want to start off with my signature question before we get into your healing journey and your books. So what does exploring the seasons of life mean to you personally or in your business? Okay, that's a great question. (laughs) Because before I understood that we had seasons of life, um, my outlook was extremely different. (laughs) So I didn't think of it as um, an exciting journey. I thought of it as sometimes just having to get through something. But once I understood that um, life was a wonderful experience and I could control that, I understand now that things that are meant to come into my life when they are meant to come that exist. And sometimes they fade away. So I, I move on and the people move on. So the seasons are exciting now. And that includes my grown children being self-sufficient and moving on and, and needing me in a different capacity. Um, that's a wonderful season. Um, I'm glad I see it that way now as they are adults, because I don't think I would have embraced that when they were little. What do you mean you're going to leave me? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I think um, embracing that life changes and that those are the, the wonderful seasons of growth and moving on, et cetera, just makes life exciting. or <laughs> Absolutely. And I was just going to say, you know, just talk about being an empty nest. I can remember when I went through that and crying every day, you know, going, oh, my gosh, my daughter's going to graduate and she's going to be flying off. And now I look at that as I'm so happy I prepared her to fly off. Right. And I thought, uh, to be honest, for me personally, I thought I had done that when they went off to college. I thought I had like figured that out and moved on, you know, did something different in my life. But when um, we moved up kind of near them, like a, we were four hours away and now we're at 45 minutes from each of them. And then I realized, oh my, I like my role now is different. When they were away in college, I still got the phone call, sent out care packages, but now they own their own places. They, you know, is my role really changed. And I said, wow, like you, this is not a bad thing. I we prepared them, so I had to step into a different role, um, which is, I guess, what God intended. <laughs> yeah, and it just and, yeah, and it just goes to prove the point that all these seasons are just changes in our lives. Yeah, and outlook is really important, right? Um, where we're like you said, the uh, your introduction was beautiful, and um, it's true. 
right? Our inside state, what we feel about ourselves and our inside world really reflects what we perceive outside. So um, once it were healthier balance, I got to see it as a, a treasure instead of a, oh no, please not, don't change. <laughs> Yes. You know, Jen, I wanted to I wanted to talk about your healing journey because you embarked on your own healing journey decades ago. So I would love to hear how that has influenced your journey to becoming an author, a gluten free lifestyle expert, you know, working in healing and mindset. Right. Okay. So um I always like to say that, you know, I was very fortunate that I didn't have to seek out love. I had a very loving family. I found a spouse who was very loving. I had children who we really were very good children. I mean, and we love them dearly. So love wasn't a challenge, but self-love really became a challenge for me. So as much as I really loved life and wanted to enjoy every moment, there became a time when I had so much pain in the body and I didn't know I had celiac disease and I didn't know what nutrition for the body was. We just didn't know of those things that it became too overwhelming. And I had had a car accident that left me dead and it was a near-death experience. And then I had very many incidences in the body and surgeries in the body. So I went from, you know, pretty high as far as I thought, like enjoying life to really having a mindset of thoughts and pain. And it became a cycle for me. So my kids were, uh, you know, teenagers by this point, And I just had the lowest moment where I couldn't even look myself in the mirror. Honest to goodness. We had already found out we were um, celiac, all my three children and myself. So we had journeyed on that gluten-free endeavor when there was nothing. But even doing that for myself and ridding myself of a lot of ailments that were associated with celiac disease, I still had not known about wellness, number one, and definitely didn't know anything about mindset. 100% did not know, you know, really what a mind was, really. So I was baffled why I felt so horrible, baffled as to why I couldn't rise up from this. And that moment where I couldn't even look myself in the mirror was my turning point. Like I just said, you've got to get yourself together for yourself, but for your family um, and to know what it is that you're, what's limiting you. So at that moment, I started a shift in understanding about inflammation in the body. And I, I, I actually did a lot of research, a lot of self-study. I have certificates and so many different things because I was searching for the thing that was for me. So I began to, I still was dedicated gluten-free, but I started to understand the mechanics of the body, you know, what inflammation means, understanding what arthritis was and how, when I was so inflamed and I couldn't get out of the bed, my mindset was very much part of that. And, um, I gathered just a lot of tools along the way. I became a health coach. I became a Reiki master. I mean, you name it. I have knowledge in it because I was searching for my own. And after about a decade um, of that, and I was feeling so much better, then I embarked on understanding more about the mind and subconscious beliefs. And um, I'd already studied The Course in Miracles, which is very much a mindset. Um, And now I'm just... I look forward to every single day and my pain in the body is diminished. (laughs) I want to say more than half. I mean, I I experience a lot of things that I was never able to experience in my thirties and forties and not at all. I experience them now. 
Jen, thank you for going through that journey, because I think a lot of us women go through those periods of not loving ourselves. We may have the best marriages, the, you know, the greatest kids, you know, the jobs that are, are fulfill us. And yet inside we're still, there's something going on where we're just not loving ourselves. Yeah. It's a disconnect. I was going to ask you what, okay. What do you think that disconnect is? So, and hence the name of my book, because the name of my book was going to be my humanness is getting in my way because my publisher and I changed it because well, I don't know if anybody's really going to understand humanness, but I had been saying this for since I was 18 because I wanted so badly to emulate the way Jesus thought is, but I was, would always try to like, he was so amazing, but I get angry. I get this. And so I used to say my humanness is getting in the way. And it wasn't until I started really penning this book to be what it is that I understood it was a part of me that I understood what it was like truly to be a spiritual being in this human experience, because I only saw myself in the human aspect, even though I had a great faith, uh, went to church all the time, taught religion. I had a very, very deep faith and still do, but I never saw myself as anything more than the body. And that's huge because we are both. And the spirituality of who we are connected to everything actually matters in how we think of ourselves. You know, it becomes a very unloving thought when you look in the mirror and you see only your flaws or only your ailments or only your pain or only the things that have happened to you. You become this victim until you realize that, you know, you can, you are much more than that and you're part of a fabric of love. And so that was a change for me. Huge. Oh, I just love that so much. I have done a lot of work on self-care and self-love and, you know, shadow work and just really trying to understand. So I love that when you use the word humanist, because, yeah, sometimes that's how we feel that we're just this body and we're human, that our spiritual life is somewhere out there when it's really in here. Never left us, right? That's right. We're just waiting for us to catch up. (laughs) (laughs) You mentioned something, Jen, that um, about inflammation. Yeah. And so, and I don't know a whole lot about inflammation other than my experience of going gluten-free. And and I'm so eager to talk about that because I cannot say I am gluten-free all the time. I want to be, but I'm not. But when I do go gluten-free, I can see like my neck and my face, even if I haven't lost any weight, everything looks so much smaller. That's inflammation, right? Correct. So uh, what happens with um, many people with gluten, is that my, my children and I, my oldest one specifically, have always talked about this, that so many people think that, that if they go gluten-free, it's going to solve everything or they're going to lose weight. And so understanding what your trigger is, what's the thing that your inflammation, your markers in your body elevate at? And most, a lot of people, it turns out that gluten is one of those things because it just takes the body longer to to process it, right? But I took a step further past the gluten because, you know, I still was experiencing, I had migraines, I had 17 migraines a month. Oh my goodness. I started having occipital nerve shocks. I've had to have blocks in my spine because my 
from I had that car accident I had. So there was so much inflammation in my body that I had Botox, 50 shots. And I still would have this pain. And here I am gluten-free, 100%. So I understood to take it a step further that yes, the gluten was inflammation in my body, my joints, you could see all that. But I had to find out what my other triggers were. And there were, were a few for me. And that's not always the case with everybody. So I always say, you know, we, we read up and we, we, we read an article or we talk to our friend and Mary is doing so great on one thing. Take that as like food for thought. Don't take that as, you know, strict rules and guidelines because we are all a little bit different. You know, we all are the same. We're created the same, but as humans, we're all different. So what is your trigger? So for you, you know, if, if you see that, you know, gluten in a meal, you're eating with somebody else and they're fine and they go on, and they have, don't have a headache. And all of a sudden you just feel like, a, a, you know, you just ate a brick and you're feeling swollen the next day. You know, obviously you're not processing that food correctly. And if, if you continue to feel that way after you've taken the gluten out, then there's something else. So I'm big on finding out what you're eating, finding out what's in that thing. Many people, a trigger um, for them is MSG. For me, it's just salt, flat out just salt. It doesn't have to be in the category of MSG. Uh, salt is a huge thing for me, and I have to watch that, that and sugar. I mean, those are very, very obvious ones for people. Yeah, I think mine, now I have not been tested for this, but I think I'm going to add in there for me, dairy. Yes. And, and uh, you know, and, and so the the, tri- the top list of inflammatory foods is gluten, dairy. Obviously, the triggers are always salt and sugar because anything in, in excess, um, it affects your on a cellular level, right? So they get inflamed. But um, dairy is just harder to process for many people. And so th- does that mean you have to take out dairy completely? Well, I'm not, I'm quite unhappy if I take out dairy 100% for me personally. If I don't I don't have it um, lactose intolerance like a lot of people, but dairy for me like you is an inflammatory thing. It doesn't my stomach doesn't digest the same. So I reserve it for when I really, you know, you know, we go someone found a really great sharp cheddar cheese and I eat that instead of eating, you know, like eating it every day. Like I save it because I know when I do it daily you might as well have just given me some gluten. My joints are just inflamed if I eat too much cheese too. So, and that could be salt. See, so mm-hmm. watch your watch when you're in. It is a trial and error, I think. Um, and you could do that on your own without, you know, you go to the doctors and there's a lot of medications that you can take. But I think the best doctor is within listening to your body and journaling what you're eating. It's the best guide. Yeah, I think when I write down what I'm eating and I'm really intentional, mm-hmm. I can I feel so much better when I'm when I'm making that intention of watching what I'm eating and I'm getting at least going for a walk. I feel so much better. And yet, Jen, we all well, a lot of us know what to do and we just don't do it all the time. Right. I um I'm just finishing up this um, downloadable program for people to do a self-led study. And one of the um, portions, one of the modules is your eagerness and, and eagerness, meaning you're willing to do something. You have to, in your own journey, right? A self-led journey. You can go to as many places, as many doctors, as many energy healers, or but at the end of the day, it's our accountability. So how eager and willing are we to make those changes? And I recommend the small steps first. I mean, who would ever achieve if you, everything, every single thing you knew, you had to wipe away and start all over. It's very daunting. Uh, You know, yes, that's how we had to do it when we found out we had celiac because it just was unhealthy for 
my children were very, each one of them had their own ailments and were very ill as well as myself. So it was a broad stroke. But unless you have a diagnosis that's telling you basically it's life-threatening, it'll be successful when you do the small things first and be like intentional. Like you said, intentional. I'm going to make this thing happen. This will be really great. This is exciting. Um, I'm taking over my own health. I'm a powerful being. I'm more than a body. You know, those little things are intention and that will set you, keep you on the track, you know? Okay, Jen, I know you're talking to me right now. I can feel it. And I, and it's just like, you know, just resonating so much with me. Starting simple instead of trying to do everything at once. Right. Have you ever been, you know, have you ever tried like, you know, going on this crazy diet and you've taken every single solitary thing out of your life that you ever knew. And then now you're make, having to make, um, you know, kimchi. I, I, I remember when my deepest, darkest moments of my body, I studied all of these eating modalities. Oh my goodness. You, you name it. I studied it. And I found the hardest one was the body ecology. I mean, it was really a difficult, is pre-digested food. It was completely foreign to me. And I read this book cover to cover and I studied it and studied it. And I tried it for a month. And I'm like, why am I so not successful? It's because I just couldn't adapt all of the things. So I took two or three things out of that and I began to feel better and I made a marked difference in my life and I was able to stick with them. And it, you know, I didn't have to take the entire thing. I didn't have a um, taste bud for kimchi. <laughs> so anyway, but um, yeah, so I think that's my bi- biggest suggestion to people. Don't set yourself up for failure. Yeah, that's a great one. In fact, I've got the, I can't remember what it's called right now. Oh, Atomic Habits about starting small. And I thought that a while ago and now I just need to pull it out and start reading about making those small habits. Yeah. I always say, um, I know sometimes I get into like my, I put my teacher hat on, like unless someone asks me, I try not to say too much, but I, I often suggest paying attention to the thought that you're having, paying attention. Um, if that's an ego thought or if it's centered in who you were created to be, because the, the limiting thought about ourselves, I can't do it. This stinks. My life is a misery. Look what I have to do in order to be healthy. I remember those months. I remember the, hearing that, that often. That's an ego thought. And that puts you right back in the body and sets you up for failure. But if you remind yourself and have that intention that you, like, you know, you can do this. This is for your health. You're excited about having wellness in the body and doing more. It actually opens up more opportunities to eat. <laughs> and yeah, and I'm and I'm talking a lot on the podcast about self-care, and I actually want to get to that with you. And I'm talking about self-care in all these different pillars or buckets. I'm not quite sure what term I'm going to settle on, but these stepping stones, you know, there's self-care in our in our physical body, there's self-care in our spiritual life, there's self-care, you know, in our financial life. And as I'm sitting here talking to you, Jen, I'm really, really coming to to grasp that that in that intention one and starting with those small steps is the way to go. Yeah, it, it's you know because we always we're taught that you know big things, big extravagant. You know, you're only going to get ahead if you do you know X Y Z, and it's you've got to be the best. I mean, that's just kind of a teaching that we all have in our you know human conditioning. It's some way from somewhere school, whatever, who knows? Okay. That's where we got here, but that's not necessarily true. You know, I I like to say that it took me 
decades to have the thoughts and the things and the beliefs that I have and to really cement them in. Are they going to change overnight? You know, I mean, I have to be kind to myself as I go through that healing. And I'm proud of the smaller things that I do, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Can you give us maybe three or four just simple tips to not necessarily to help someone go gluten-free, but maybe change their mindset about being gluten-free? So that's a really good thing because oftentimes when I'm asked about it, it's usually like pantry or kitchen tips. But my first one, my first tip would be if you're trying to adapt a different eating style, you just know it's what you need for your health is truly to be kind because you're doing this for a better quality life. Okay. You, the best thing is, you know, the doctor might tell you this will be great for you, but at the end of the day, you're doing it because you want to see something change in your life. So be kind and be excited about that. You know, when you think that you're a victim of something, it's never encouraging. I mean, how many people success are successful in a diet when they feel like they're the victim of the diet? So when I didn't even realize about mindset, but when I tr- switched that um, script, when the kids were younger and I first found out, I said, I'm saving my life. That changed everything. I'm going to start empowering myself that the food isn't killing me. I mean, I was slowly dying in the hospital all the time. So that's power. You just take that script and flip it. You're doing this because you want a better life. You're empowering yourself. That's number one. Number two, I often tell people with the gluten-free is, um, before you embark on a gluten-free lifestyle, find out if it's something that you need to get a diagnosis for. Because I know a lot of people say, try, try, try. But remember... When you take gluten out of your diet, you cannot go back to the doctors and get a diagnosis of celiac disease. You might be able to still get, you know, allergies to wheat diagnosed. But if that's important for you in your home or in your insurance, I mean like the the human parts that we have to, <laughs> you know, due diligence, pay attention to that. If you just want to feel better, then by all means embark on the gluten-free diet and don't worry about the testing. Um The second, the third thing I would recommend for someone embarking is take a look at your diet and see what the huge uh, source of your gluten is. Okay. Let's take a look and see, oh yeah, every single day I eat, you know, a bagel and then I have a huge sandwich and, you know, I mean, and you're looking at your day at a glance and you're eating a lot of gluten, but those things I just mentioned are all processed as well. So the not feeling good could be a little bit beyond just the gluten alone. It could be, you know, your blood sugar. It could be, you know, your digestive system can't go through all that processed food and now food is sitting in your stomach. So it's more than just the gluten. So really take a look at your, what you're eating and then take one meal at a time, address the, the breakfast. I can make that breakfast healthier. And then you'll start to feel that, feel better and feel empowered. Then you can tackle the lunch, <laughs> you know, and then so on and so forth. So um, that would be my recommendation for addressing the gluten-free things. And um, oh, I, I did, oh, labels is the other thing I often tell people. Gosh, labels are so important. Not only, I mean, obviously for all of eating, but um, gluten-free, really read the labels if you're trying to be gluten-free. Um, the companies now have to put down allergens. But um, when you read the label, I, 
I say, if it's just so wordy, just put the thing back. I mean, even if it has a gluten-free label on it and it, it is like, you know, you can't read half the words, literally put that box back because just because it has GF on it does not mean that it's good for you. So paying attention to labels to see what has gluten gluten in it, but seeing are these things even good for me in general. So labels are a huge wellness key. Those are fantastic tips because a brownie is just a brownie, gluten-free or not. And I think a lot of times we try to go gluten-free, then still eat all those things that are gluten-free that we were eating beforehand. And oftentimes I, I tell a lot of people this because a lot of my recipes on my YouTube channel, people laugh like, oh, did you, why are you putting this in that? Or why are you adding fiber to your bread? A lot of the gluten-free items because, you know, the grains that are used are, have lower fiber. So, you know, we need fiber in our diet, and especially women <laughs> past a certain age. So, you know, fiber is really important. So your ingredients are really important. I th- and I think, and, and, and I'm not going to tell you, I'm not going to lie and say that I don't eat pizza or, you know, indulge in some really fantastic food, but that's not a daily thing. That's not my daily staple. I mean, I put a recipe up the other day about zucchini boats and everyone was like, probably where's the bread, Jen? But, <laughs> you know, we have to eat beyond just the, my loaf of bread and my, my pizza recipe. So I, I think what we eat is really important. So do you have a favorite book? on either mindset or, or gluten-free? Oh goodness. I, you know, this is horrible, but I don't really know of any books gluten-free because before when we started, there wasn't anything. So I don't really um, have a recommendation for gluten-free, but for mindset, oh gosh. Yeah. I mean, of course I, I mentioned the course of miracles. I mean, I think that repetition of where your mind is seated and like basically coaching you out of your you know, Limiting Beliefs is a fantastic book. Um, I love Michael Singer's The Surrender Experiment. One of my favorite, one of my favorite books of all time. And believe it or not, Eckhart Tolle, it was, uh, people over talk about him, but the power of now is extremely important because as humans, we have a tendency to live in the past and always bring the past to our present moment. And that doesn't exist anymore. So his book is really good in reminding you that the only moment you need to worry about is the one you're in right now. And that's hard for us because we live in that state of the past or worrying about the futures. (laughs) So those are very good tools for mindset. Okay. And, you know, I've heard of both of those, but I have not read those. So because, and I'll, I'll look those up because now I know that people can't see us, but you can see, see behind me and all my books and I can see your beautiful art. So I love reading. I'll have to look at those. I have so many books that I even have a box downstairs. I have my bookshelf and I do. And that, so that helped a lot in my journey. But the one thing I read every day was A Course in Miracles because it has a lesson every day. And that was difficult for me because I was extremely um, stuck in my thoughts. So it was a process. So how do you live life inspired? Oh, it's, it's my favorite thing. I have a company called Do Life Inspired. I live inspired um, by actually being in beginning my day in the quiet, um, and allowing my thoughts to be centered with God and who I was created to be. And I try, and I'm still human, so don't get me wrong. You know, if, if someone cuts me off in the car, I might take me back for a second, but then I realize I, I ask for my thoughts to be replaced. 
by the Holy Spirit. I really do. If something is extremely challenging to me, or I feel my ego rise up, I, I actually ask for, um, I need to see this differently. So that's how I feel like I'm living inspired because I know that there's an answer of who I was created to be to this situation, to this thing I'm looking at, to this experience. And I know it's always like people call my divine team. It's God, it's whatever name you give it, because we all have different names and different walks of life, right? But the source of who you are is still there reminding you, we just need to be quiet to remember that. So that's the living inspired is living with that source guiding us. Yeah. And, and I wanted to ask you that question because I knew that was the name of your company and it was, I love that name. Yeah, it is. It was my husband and I started that. It was the, actually the year I wrote the book about my, about my father and pennies from heaven, heaven sent is when we just were driving back from this conference and we were so inspired. And um, my husband, who's not very vocal about that, just said, you know, boy, we should just do a company that's just called Do Life Inspired. And then he said, then the Holy Spirit will let us know when to use it or never use it or whatever. But And that was 2013. So, yeah. Yeah, I love it. So what is the biggest surprise you've had in the last few months and why? Oh, my gosh. There's so, um, you know, getting to talk about my book is always a surprise. And so, like, or my journey, because... Um, people will message me privately and tell me that they, uh, so part of my story resonated with them and that, that that gave them a little strength to see it differently. So that's just a wonderful surprise. Every time I hear that, that just makes me very happy that I stepped out of my comfort zone and did that because I'm a very vocal person and I'm really usually loud and boisterous, but putting my stuff out there, was just daunting. So the surprise is that I did it and that people respond to it. But also, um, I'm, I started this journey of, because I just love gluten-free, and obviously, that's all I can eat. And so I started this um, Finding the Gluten-Free Nation, where I go to restaurants and do reviews and speak to them. And, and so I really love this journey, and I hope it turns into something great. Oh, no. Are you are you podcasting about that, or are you blogging about your experience? I'm video blogging right now, and I've... I've uh, given the idea to somebody. So we're going to see what happens with it. But yeah, it's, it's right now I'm doing it on my own and taping, but we'll see where it takes us finding gluten-free nation. It's exciting. Oh, that is exciting. So, so you just like, you go to a restaurant, you tell me, tell us about that experience and what you're doing. So it is. Uh, so I really just, you know, cause whenever we go to a gluten-free restaurant, uh, I'm going to order the things that I cannot get. And so I don't normally eat a lot of you know, uh, I don't cook here fried food. I don't cook things like that. And, and it is exciting to me to taste good food. That's that I don't normally make. And I make everything. I'm a home chef, you know, had, like I told you all three kids with gluten-free, I owned a restaurant for five years. So I'm a big foodie. So in that we just my my husband's a gluten eater. He's the only one in the family. So we call him the gluten eater. And when we go to restaurants, we just order a smorgasbord of all the different varieties. And I just record it. I record myself eating it, my comments, the food. If I can get the restaurant owner, I'll come. I mean, I just love it. I love to talk about it and excite people about eating gluten-free. That's the key. And then excite people who eat gluten, that gluten-free food is good. So it's it's a (laughs) win-win. You know, that's really cool because I... I'm always trying to find apps or restaurants that are gluten-free and, and it's hard to do actually. 
It is. And there's so many hidden gems in the, in the, uh, our country. And I mean, obviously uh, and abroad too, there are some fabulous things. And so I started putting it up on Instagram and I just love doing it. And it's, so you'd be surprised that you asked what's exciting and, or surprising. And that's surprising to me because even though I'm outgoing and whatnot, I just didn't think that I'd just turn the camera on the food and people would want to eat the food and like the food. And so I started doing that. Very cool. So can you tell our listeners how to find you, how to work with you, everything about Jen? Yeah. Okay. Well, I do have a website and it's um, www.jenfiore, that's F-I-O-R-E.com. And, you know, there I have my books up and just a little bit about um, my sessions, etc. I'm going to be putting up there the program. It's almost done. It's going to be downloadable. Um, it's def- definitely affordable and it's self-led. And, um, I, I have a, I have a YouTube channel that I put my recipes up. God, God bless my son. He did that with me years ago. He's like, mom, you got to do this. Stop printing out recipes. You're so, you step into the, step into the technology. So we did. And it's, um, gluten-free in me is the name of the channel. And it's, it's got our family recipes up and I'm, I still add to it and put things up. And then I have Instagram, which is my name, Jen Fiore. Uh, do life inspired. We'll have my uh, motivational um, encouragement, uh, and then uh, you know my um, parts, of, little snippets from my book, and I'll put videos out. And then I have gluten free since '03. <laughs> that's my gluten free. That's where you can see the restaurants and eating, and I take a lot of pictures of food. <laughs> told you I was a foodie. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will put all that in the show notes, you know, so people can, you know, find you and, and, and get out to your website and your Instagram and everything. But do you have any last parting words, whether it's around gluten-free or mindset, spirituality? I do. I, I actually really think a thing that is very important for each of us in our own individual journeys, because we all have something we're trying to make a change in our lives or step into a better life is that your life was meant to be happy. You literally were supposed to be happy and joyous in this life experience. And if this is something that you desire, be kind to yourself while you're doing the changes because you do deserve a life where you wake up full of joy, no matter what happened in your life, no matter what life experience in this moment, we all deserve to have a life of joy. Oh, thank you. That's beautiful. And I have loved having you as a guest. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I really love speaking with you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Leaving a rating and review helps to improve rankings in iTunes. It shows engagement, which may attract sponsors, and it is essential for the podcast to be discovered by new listeners. Plus, it would mean the world to me. Thanks again. Until next time, live inspired.